Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. Can long-term afflictions shift? Long-term afflictions. The Lord spoke to me about long-term afflictions. Afflictions that have been there long enough that people have even forgotten about them. They become part of you. Those long-term afflictions, can they shift? <laughs> it depends on the eyes with which you're looking at them. It depends on the mind with which you're thinking about them. Can a stagnated life make progress? A life that is stagnated, can it make progress? There be any such person in, in the church this morning. Your life in various ways. There may be an area we see and you're really making progress, but there's something else that is stagnated, not making progress. Can that begin to shift and suddenly begin to accelerate where things have not moved? Can acceleration become the order of the day? Is it possible? <laughs> is it possible? It depends on where you're looking from. If you're looking like the rest of the family, see it in heaven, all things are possible. But if you are with men this morning, not possible. Is it possible for a marriage that is failing to be restored? Is it possible at all? There's a big, I, I think it's, a, it, it's the big left toe. Somebody's big left toe. So that's a specific toe, not any other one. It's, it's a big one and it's on the left leg. And it, it sounds to me like some pain has just been there. It's just been there. Can that, can that move this morning? <laughs> uh, if we see like he sees. What am I talking about? When we come to our convention, what God will do is he will make our eyes his eyes. Hmm. It doesn't matter what the pastor is preaching. He will preach as God will lead him. He will speak as God will lead him. And God will take those words and he will make your eyes will become his eyes. And that's what God meant when he said to us, in my presence, that in that place, <laughs> that's that place where impossible is nothing. And that people still with me in church this morning. You understand what I'm talking about? Second Kings chapter 6. Second Kings 6, my God. I pray that will be the spirit of revelation. There, there, are, there are things in my head or my heart I don't have the time or even the words to express properly to you this morning. But the spirit himself is the teacher of the church. And I pray that he will teach us in the name of Jesus. Second Kings 6, look at this. <laughs> this is the story of, a, of Elisha and his servant. On everybody, turn your Bibles and let's read it. Let's read it. I'll read this, I'll read a couple of scriptures and I'm ready and I'll ask us to just pray and declare impossible is nothing. Impossible is nothing. I see through the eyes of the master. I think like he thinks. <laughs> I carry not with my hands. I lift with his hands. <laughs> Second Kings 6 and in verse 15. The Bible says, and when the servant of the man of God was risen early, they sent, they sent some soldiers to go and catch Elisha. And when the servant of Elisha was risen early, and gone forth. You know these people that cannot sleep at night. They're troubled. They wake up before everybody else. Those kind of people. 
And when servant, I mean Elijah was still sleeping, but the young man woke up and he went forth, and behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? The reason I'm reading this scripture this morning is to make us see that it's not only God who laughs when he should not laugh. People that have walked with God also, they begin to begin to behave like that. Do you understand what I'm talking about here? So the Elisha we're talking about in this story, the way that I have always read this story about Elisha is that before the young man came to him, he had seen that there were angels around. Recently, the Lord began to make me say, no, no. This man was just constantly aware. He was just always constantly aware and saw things like God sees things. So on that day, when the young man came and said, alas, my master, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The ship is sinking. Oh, the kings are better together. The Bible says in verse 16, and he answered and said, fear not. For they that be with us, they are more than they that be with them. That's a philosophy of his life. Are you understanding me this morning? God sends angels. God doesn't send angels. And, and there's lightning in the sky. There's no lightning in the sky. And this happens. That does not happen. No. One philosophy of his life is they that be with us are more than they that be with them. That's how they're thinking in the family in heaven. That's how we think here in the family on earth. And Elisha prayed in verse 17. Look at this. Just for the sake of the young man. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Now, you understand this? Elisha himself has not even seen this in just but it's okay. Help this young man. He's, 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 he's so carnal. He hasn't been where I have been. So he needs some physical things. So God, open his physical eyes. His eyes don't see like you see. So open his physical eyes that he may see spiritual things. And the Bible says God obliged Elisha. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Can I say a couple of things to us this morning? One is what I'm saying that Elijah, Elisha didn't have to see physically. He was just spiritually aware. Number two thing I'll say to us is this. Elisha did not get to that state where he was just aware of they that be with us are more than they that be with them. He didn't get to that state in a day was a product of a lifetime of walking with God in his presence. Living your life consistently in the presence of God. I am at work, I'm in the presence of God. I'm driving on the highway, I'm in the presence of God. Wherever, anywhere, anytime, any day, in the presence of God. The presence of God is not just when we come to church. I'm, I'm aware of him, constantly setting him before me. That's, that's the man. So he says to him, don't worry about what they're doing. They that be with us. Oh, a man of faith is a beautiful thing to watch. And I'll say to you this morning, while many of us will say, oh, I wish I was like that servant who God opened his eyes and he saw chariots of angels and all that. I'll say to you, you don't want to be like that servant. No, no, you don't want to be there because he will always need a physical vision every time. And God will not bring you a physical vision every time. God will not show you an angel every day. He wants you to just be aware that they that be with us are more than they that be with them. 
Is this making sense to somebody this morning? We're talking about seeing like God sees. How do I make his eyes my eyes? It is what we're walking into as we go into this convention. We begin to think like him. We begin to see like him. As we think and see like him, just like for him, impossible is nothing for us as well in his presence. The simple thing is this. How do I begin to see like him? Make my eyes like his own. Think like he thinks. Abide. Somebody look at your neighbor for me this morning. Say to them, abide. <coughs> oh, I want us to shout it out loud this morning. Say, abide. abide. The, 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 the simple way is by just staying in contact. Just stay there. Just stay there. <laughs> just stay there. As you stay there, you begin to find that rubbing on starts taking place and your faith is not just some mechanical thing. You are seen like he sees. You stay there. You abide there. John chapter 14. Let's go and read. I want to read about four or five verses there. I'll read in John chapter 14 and I'll come and read in John chapter 15 because I want us to begin to, this is going to be our lives for the rest of this year as we go to our convention. This is not one of those conventions we go, we have a theme for the convention, then it finishes and then we forget it. No, this is our life in his presence. Impossible is nothing. <laughs> I thought I would get a better amen than that from the church. I said in his presence, impossible is nothing in the name of Jesus. John chapter 14, let's go and read. But I said the way to make, to bring me, to bring you to a place where I see like he sees is abide. To every person that is too busy to have time to abide, <clears throat> I can say to you this morning, there is no shortcut. <laughs> you abide. Like Elisha that stood up and said, oh boy, why are you disturbing my sleep? Ah, don't be afraid. Let that be with us are more than them. <laughs> John 14, let's begin to read from verse 15. John chapter 14. Everybody there? Okay, thank you. One person there. It says in verse 15, it says, if you love me, Jesus is talking here, if you love me, you keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you, he will give you, belongs to you, another comforter, that he may what? Talk to me, everybody, that he may what? Where will he abide? In church? With the pastor? It says, I'll give you, give another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. I want you to understand what is going on here. Remember I spoke about the family in heaven and the family on earth. And they've sent us here. So Jesus said, it is not fair to leave you alone in London. What I'm going to do is I'll send you an emissary of the family. And that emissary of the family will abide with you. But because that emissary of the family is one whose residence really is in heaven. It means there is always that constant communion between you and heaven. So your possibilities are the possibilities of heaven. So he said, I will send another comforter to you. He will abide with you and he's not going to leave. He's going to abide with you forever. Verse 17, he says, that spirit I'm sending to you is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because the world cannot see him. The world cannot know him. But you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. He says in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The picture I'm trying to paint here is when I've sent that boy to London, I didn't just send him and leave him alone. As I sent him, I want to come along. 
I want to bring all of the essence of our family to come along as well. So he says, I won't leave you. I will come to you. He says, yet a little while, and the world, the rest of the world, they won't see me anymore. But you, you will continue to see me. Because I live, you shall live also. Then he said in verse 20, listen to verse 20 very well. I want to send every one of us back home to go and sit down and meditate in John 14 verse 20 for as long as you can. Look at the words there. He says, at that day, Jesus said, you shall know, look at this, you shall know that I, I am in the Father, you are in me, and I, I mean, does that look like something that is mixed up and has become one? Does that sound like that to you this morning? I sat down there and I began to say, God Almighty, help us to understand. This is what he's talking about. This is the way that the possibilities of heaven and the possibilities of men. He says, look at it. He says, I am in the Father and you are in me and that I am in you. We, we can't find where to begin. Have you ever tried to separate some cable that has mixed up, messed up together? That is knotted together and you are trying to pick it apart and you can't, you can't just get to pick it apart. What the devil has done to us is he has removed us. We're Christians. We go to church. We carry his name. But that mixing up, we don't have time for it. So Jesus said there, he said that day, and I pray that day is today in your life in the name of Jesus. He says, you shall know that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. Verse 21, he says, he that hath my commandment and keepeth them is he that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. Look at the last part of verse 21, we read this last week. He said, and I will manifest myself to that man. Then Jesus said unto him, <coughs> then Judas said unto him, and they said, they're not Iscariot. Iscariot was busy stealing money and doing all of that, but there was another Judas who was there and was listening, like you are listening this morning, and that Judas said to Jesus, he said, he said, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? How will you make that differentiation? Verse 23, Jesus said unto them, if a man loves me, he will keep my words. In, and as an answer to that man's question, how are you going to differentiate? If a man loves me and keeps my word, my father will love him and we will come to him. And what are we going to do? I sent that boy to London. But what he does not know is that my plan is I am coming. So God said, if you love me, you keep my commandment, both my father and myself, we will come and make our abode with you. I can tell you this morning, this is not the story of the majority of Christians that live in this world. But as I look at my life and I look at my calling and ministry, I do believe that my job is to lead as many as possible to this. Where you've come to this place where you love the Father, the Father loves you and they come unto you and they make their abode with you. You are constantly abiding in his presence. Constantly aware of him. When you get to that place, what happens is this. What he sees is what you see. What he hears is what you hear. 
So everybody hears at work, we are firing everybody, 50% of the people in this place are losing their jobs. That's what the world hears. That Judas asked Jesus, he said, Jesus, how are you going to make it different, that we are seeing different, we are hearing different, how are you going to differentiate? He said it to them. He said, you will love me, you will keep my words, we will love you, and then we will come, we will make our abode in your house, so that what we see is what you see, so that when you speak, you speak like us. Am I in a world by myself, or am I talking to people this morning? <laughs> oh, when God laughs. Chapter 15. John 15. Let's read a couple of verses there. Three verses only I'll read. And I'll share something with us in verse 7, which I'll begin to talk about this morning, but I'm not sure I can properly talk about it like, like I should, but I'll just touch on it. John 15, verse 7 is where I want to go, but let's begin from verse 5. I'm, I'm getting to the end of my discussion with you, but I, I hope I've spoken to somebody this morning. He said in verse 5, Jesus was speaking still here, he said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Remember, I said, the way to make his eyes your eyes is simple. Abide. That's why we said, in his presence. That's where impossible is nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. Jesus said, he that abideth in me, and I in him. That sounds like John 14, verse 20, right? <laughs> you abide in me, I abide in you. He says, that's the man that brings forth fruit. For without me, you can do how much? <laughs> he says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and he is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Then in verse 7, Jesus made a very powerful promise. Which will make a mistake if you just go out. That's a danger if you just take a verse of scriptures. And just speak it out, you, you could actually begin to misunderstand. Look at the promise Jesus made in verse 7. Let's read verse 7 now. Forget everything else we've read. Just read verse 7 alone. This is too good to be true. Jesus said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then the next thing he said, he said, you will ask what you will. Whatever you will, you will ask, and it shall be done unto you. But remember how we got to here. He said, if you abide in me. My words abide in you. Then he said, you will ask what you will. Let me just touch on this this morning. How is it that this man in verse 7 just comes to God and he will ask God anything that he wills and God says it will be done? Simply, it is this. That man has come to a place where everything he wills is what God wills. Amen. That man has come to a place, he has been abiding, his words also, his sight, his thoughts, everything. They've become the thoughts and the sight of God. Such that his desire, I have learned this, and the longest day you live, learn this. That God does not intend for us to just be rascals who just wake up and just say, um, today I want to believe God for an aeroplane. Pastor said all things are possible, so aeroplane. Um, I just wake up today and I just say, um... I, 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 whatever, no. The process of faith is I stay where he stays. I'm linked up with him. I begin to see what he sees. His desires become my desire. To a point where if I just wake up one morning and a thought occurs to me, I like to have that. I know that's the will of God. So then I ask what I will which is always out of abiding with him, I ask what I will, and in that state, it shall be done. 
This is faith, my friends. This is faith. It is in his presence. We learned. <laughs> there, is, there is the concept of, I, I didn't get into this last week talking about prayer. There is concept of preparing to pray. When something happens, the majority of Christians will just come and begin to pray in tongues, pray in tongues immediately. When things happen, before you begin to pray and say, God, do this. Oh, God, can't you see this? First of all, go and abide in his presence. Just stay there. Stay there until his will on the matter overrides and becomes your will on the matter. Then you begin to pray and what you pray shall be done. But the, this abiding thing, it takes time. It takes commitment. It takes somebody that says, this is important to me. I stay there. They said there is a prayer meeting in church. I'm going to pray. <laughs> they said there's an encounter room. I'm going. It's, we're going to spend an evening just worshiping the Lord. I'm going. When do I have time? What do I do at my weekends? Do I just walk the streets? Just walk around? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to sit. When I begin to do that constantly, I get to this place where my will is his will. And there, in his presence, my friends, impossible is nothing. Let me close with a few words. Satan does everything to keep a gap. Everything that Satan does in our lives to just maintain a gap. So that we can't say, I'm in you, you are in me, we're mixed up together. If he succeeds to do that, then you only see through your eyes. This is a summary of what I've been saying. You only see through your eyes. But what must you and I do? You must do everything to maintain that vital contact. That vital contact. He has sent the, he has sent the comforter to come and stay with us. He said, even God, if he said, my plan is I'm going to move and abide with you. You must do everything to maintain that contact. That vital Christian contact. Not church going. That vital contact in the human spirit. <laughs> like Moses. Like the men that have walked with God. Like Elisha. That says, Don't, uh, let them be there. They, the, I, I, I know whom I have believed. When you maintain that vital contact, then you begin to see through his eyes and think through his mind. For every one of us, when you notice that your fire is dimming, because fire dims, for every one of us, there are times when you are really on fire. And your contact with God is so strong. There are times when you are slow. For every one of us, I said to you, when you notice your fire is dimming, and that is for somebody in particular this morning, you are in a cold place. You've been in a warm place. When we began this year, some of you remember, we began and we prayed for the whole month of January. We were praying three hours every day. Some of you were in a very, very, very warm place with God. But you've come to a cold place. And I'm speaking to you this morning. What you do is this. Lay on the altar again afresh and ask God to rekindle your fire. And God will do that for some people even in this service this morning in Jesus' name. Ask God to rekindle your fire. In his presence, impossible is nothing. The Bible study on Friday, the Lord brought back to my mind again the word that he gave us at the beginning of this year. And he said to remind the people that supernatural expressions of promotions, of provisions, of healings and of salvations are still on offer. The Lord says to say to his people that actually he is eager. <laughs> he is eager for these supernatural expressions. He says, but I don't see many people reaching out their hands. And I want to encourage you this morning again to begin to think like he's thinking and begin to call all things are possible. 
all things in his will are possible. And God himself says, supernatural expressions. <laughs> supernatural expressions of provisions, promotions, healings, salvations in his presence. Impossible is nothing. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.